Hey, Church Online, Happy New Year. Who here has made New Year's resolutions or set goals for yourself in 2022? Okay. Now, how many of you have already fallen behind, made no progress, or maybe have already quit those resolutions or goals? If you answered yes to that last question, you are in good company. Most studies show that 60 to 80% of resolutions or goals are abandoned within January. And considering a stressful pandemic that won't go away, in a recent article, an Ohio State psychologist said that after 2021 and even 2020, we might be better without them. That is without resolutions that only seem to add pressure and guilt to our lives. You know, I get that. But as my social media friends will know, I didn't take that advice. And it's not because I'm immune to the pressures of COVID. Just this week, Janelle and I were at lunch and I said, okay, here we go again with with the spikes happening. Here we go again. I'm so tired of constantly making decisions in an environment of ever-changing circumstances. By the way, that's called decision fatigue. And as a relatively new leader, I've battled that for the past two years. And and in many ways, I'm tired and, and I don't need any more stress or pressure in my life. That being said, I still set some goals. I haven't always been a goal setter, but as I've tried to grow in my leadership, I realize that it's important for me to be intentional about my future, to set goals. Furthermore, I think this fits how God would have us live too. You've probably heard the verse out of Proverbs that says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In the kingdom of God, it's both important and healthy for people to know where they are going in life, for them to have vision, if you will, to set goals. Maybe you've heard this one too. Psalm 37 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. And the implication is God has a plan, a destination, a goal for your life and for this world. And he's intentionally leading you towards it. Ephesians 2 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. But If we know that God likes goals, if God uses goals, and if he wants us to know and live according to those goals, then why are we so bad at goals? Well, I believe the Bible has answers for us, answers we will discuss over the next four weeks in our new sermon series titled, I Think I Can. Now, to give credit where credit is due, a lot of the stuff I'm sharing is stuff that I learned from Craig Rochelle, who is pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma. He's got a new book titled Winning the War in Your Mind that's based on uh, the fact that our thinking impacts how we live. In fact, the next four weeks are based on the four principles he shares in that book. I'll also be sharing content from another book I recently read that's titled Soundtracks by John Acuff. And John uses a lot of the same science and principles 
as Craig. By the way, don't get turned off by the use of the word science. You know, Christianity and science aren't uh, incompatible. Real science is simply the discovery, classification, and study of God's created order. Now, I'm going to be a little honest. I'm a little nervous about this series, at least in my own mind. It kind of feels like I'm cheating. Uh, I'm I'm not sharing original material, but I'm willing to get over that because, number one, my personal faith has greatly grown through this material. Number two, whenever I share the things that I've learned, others have greatly benefited from it. And number three, I believe God considers our thinking, what we're talking about in this series, as extremely important. And scripture is going to confirm this. But number four, mental health, our, our thinking is a huge issue in our day. And while that subject is much bigger than what we are going to talk about in this series, I do believe this series will help. In other words, this material is both biblical and relevant. So with that, let's get started. Real quick, let me give you an outline of our series and then a general outline of how we will approach each message. The four principles we will discuss based on Pastor Craig's book are the replacement principle, the rewiring principle, the reframe principle, and the rejoice principle. And each week, we will study God's Word using a passage that discusses the importance of our thinking. And then we will connect it to one of the four principles and we'll finish by emphasizing Jesus. And you'll understand what I mean when we get there. All right, this week, our Bible passage is Romans chapter 12, which says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So what's Paul talking about here? Well, let's break it down together. Paul says, I appeal to to you. The Greek word here is parakaleo, and it means to come alongside someone to encourage. And I mention this because in this context, Paul's appeal isn't just a sales pitch to get them to buy into the latest and greatest self-help program, nor is he issuing a command like a military officer. Paul is saying, because I love you and I want what's best for you, therefore, Continuing on, by the mercies of God. What's that? What are are mercies of God? Well, first off, based on the original language, it might be best to rephrase it as God's mercies, and the NIV translation does this. Furthermore, we could add, I appeal to you, therefore, because of, instead of by, God's mercy. And God's mercy, let's define that real quick, God's mercy being, as one Bible teacher defines it, the quality in God that moves him to deliver a man from his state of sin and misery and therefore underlies his saving activity in Christ. So in a sense, what Paul is saying here is, I appeal to you, my church family, because of the great salvation you have received from God when you put your faith in Jesus, continuing on 
Therefore, offer your bodies, your whole life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Or put more simply, because of the great salvation you received, your proper response is to live fully for God. Well, how do we do that? Let's keep reading. Verse 2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. How do we live for God? We start by no longer conforming to this world. The reason being, if you were unaware, is that Satan, the devil, is the ruler of this world. And his wicked desires influence its patterns. His temporary earthly kingdom is actively and aggressively opposing the kingdom of God, and those activities include seeking to destroy your life. Now, you might be asking, why why is the devil trying to destroy my life? What I do? Well, two reasons. Number one, the Bible tells us that every human is made in the image of God. Number two, the Bible tells us that God is radically in love with us. And the devil knows both of these things. And because the devil hates God, but can't directly assault God, he attacks the ones that God loves. By the way, that's the snowplow outside if you're wondering what that sound is. In the devil's mind, if he can destroy us, he can hurt the image of God, and that's good enough for him. And his favorite technique is to attack our thinking. You'll probably never see Satan standing in front of you, challenging you to a sword fight, but you will experience him attacking your thinking. And one way he does it is by bombarding our minds with a multitude of voices that is sourced from the father of lies, an endless amount of distractions. In doing so, he keeps us from focusing on the one voice that matters, and that's God's voice. The devil knows that if he can distract you, he can destroy you. Pastor Craig says, based on his research on both the brain and God's word, that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Next week, I'll share why he believes this, but for now, know that your enemy exploits this principle by using a swarm of lies in order to destroy your life. It looks like this. The devil attacks your thinking by filling your mind with a million destructive voices. And these voices or these lies not only drown out God's voice, but through bombardment and repetition, they subtly and strategically become our strongest thoughts. And when they are our strongest thoughts, we conform our lives to them. And all of a sudden, the pattern of our lives conforms to the kingdom of darkness, and we willingly walk towards destruction. The devil blinds us so that he can destroy us. It's like what Paul wrote to the Corinthians when he said, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 
And that's why here in Romans 12, Paul says, since Jesus saved you, he gave you spiritual sight when you used to be blind and the devil's trying to kill you. Therefore, stop believing his lies and living for him. That's not who you are anymore. Live for God. But the question remains, how? How do I do that? Well, continuing in verse two, says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you, you got to ch- change your thinking. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then you will be able to live the life God created you for, to accomplish the goals he has planned for you. How does our life change? Well, the transformation happens by the renewing of our mind. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Don't overlook how important this is. Your thinking makes all the difference when it comes to your living. We need to change our thinking. But That's not easy because, as we have already mentioned, we live in a world where the ruler continues to bombard us with lies. He doesn't stop lying to us when we become Christians. In fact, he probably increases his attack. Add to that the reality that many of us start from a disadvantage. By the time we give our lives to Christ, we have already spent decades listening to the devil's message. And after years of repetition, we accept these lies without any resistance, just because it's what we have always heard. Let me give you an example of how that works. Many of us were told not to go swimming after we eat. You've heard that before, right? Many of us live by this rule, and we even pass it on to the next generation by keeping our kids out of the pool after lunch. But did you know there is absolutely no scientific truth behind this? In many ways, it's a lie, but we accept it because it's familiar. It's what we have always been told and what we have always believed. It has become a strong thought which impacts the way that we live. Now, staying out of the pool after you eat pizza won't keep you out of heaven, but what about those other more destructive lives that are just as common in our society? How about this one? You ever heard that God's not real? And even if he was real, he wouldn't love you? Or maybe this, only good people get into heaven and you're not measuring up. Maybe you've heard this, your feelings are the most important thing in your decision-making, or other people have put it, follow your heart. Sometimes we think independence is the highest value, or in other words, strong people don't need help. Maybe you've heard that there is no absolute truth. That truth is relative. Therefore, you believe what you believe, and I'm going to believe what I believe. By the way, this statement in itself is attempting to be an absolute truth, so it's self-defeating. It's a lie. Actually, all of these are lies. Now, making things worse, our sin nature, our flesh is naturally inclined. It leans into believing and receiving 
the lies of the enemy. Ephesians 2 says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and the inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. This means before we were saved, we liked to rebel against God. It came easy. Now, additionally, 1 Corinthians 2 says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. What's being said here is that before God saved us, even if we wanted to, we didn't have the ability to understand God's truth, which means the only thing we could receive were the devil's lies. Therefore, to answer the question, why are we so bad at goals, especially God's goals for us? One reason is that all of our lives, we have been conditioned by the devil to believe lies. They are our strongest thoughts. And even when we hear God's truth and, and have a desire to respond to them, the lies still pull us into the direction of destruction. That's why many of us cry out in utter frustration the same words that Paul cried when he said, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And so what are we to do? Well, like Romans 12 says, we must change our thinking. And the first step in that process is the replacement principle. The replacement principle is this. You replace the lies with God's truth. And we can break down this statement into two simple steps. Number one, you recognize the reality that in this world, we are and have been bombarded by the lies of the enemy. And they are lies that have become some of our strongest thoughts. And they are lies that our sinful nature likes, which makes them difficult to let go. Number two, we recognize the reality that as Christians, Christ has delivered us from the power of sin. Even though we used to be slaves to sin, Jesus freed us. And as our new master, Jesus isn't seeking to destroy us, but rather to give us abundant life. But in order for us to live in this new life, we must change our thinking by replacing the lies with God's truth, because those lies have no place in God's kingdom. Now, why does this sound easier said than done? Well, because in some ways it is. It is not easy to change our thinking. It is not easy to replace our strongest thoughts with new thoughts. I like the way that theologian Gordon Fee puts it. He says, this reprogramming of the mind does not take place overnight, but is a lifelong process by which our way of thinking is to resemble more and more the way God wants us to think. I believe that's why Paul added to our passage, 
that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. Changing our thinking will require testing. It's going to be difficult. It will, it will take discipline. Honestly, it's going to be a war for your mind, but it's a war that we can win. But hear this. It's not a war we win by self-discipline and willpower. It's a war we can win because we have a great Savior who has already won. It's a war we win because when we accepted Christ as our Savior, the new life that we received included the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself. We now have resurrection power living inside of us and working on our behalf. Romans 8 says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. God is for us and he will help us live in victory as long as we allow him to renew our mind. Our part is to simply trust him by faith to make us new by his power, and then to replace the lies in our lives with his truth. Now, before we close, I'm guessing some of you are skeptical about this. Maybe this sounds uh, too pragmatic. Maybe it sounds like a psychobabble cupcake sprinkled with colorful Bible verses, and I, I get that. But consider this. Wouldn't you agree that if Jesus practiced something, it would be a model for the correct way to live, and thus we should practice it as well? I mean, 1 John tells us that those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Well, check this out, Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point, of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it. All to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. You guys see it? How did Jesus defeat Satan? With the replacement principle. Satan attacked with lies. Jesus replaced those lies with God's truth. And so as we close, let me give you three next steps to begin practicing the replacement principle. Number one, determine your destination. 
Where is your current goal line for your life? Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus as Lord and you're headed towards destruction. But guess what? That does not need to be your final destination. It's definitely not God's goal line for your life. God wants to save you. That's why Jesus died on the cross for you. And he says that if you will turn away from your sin and put your faith in Jesus as Savior, he will give you a new life, new goals, and a new final destination. You get to be in heaven with him forever. But maybe you have already decided to follow Jesus, yet your strongest thoughts are still moving you in the wrong direction. Well, then I suggest that your next step is to take some time this week to discern what your strongest thoughts are, and ask, do they need to be replaced? Write down what your most important beliefs are, your strongest thoughts. What direction are they taking you? Are they taking you towards God or away from him? And then based on your answer, ask yourself, is this a lie that needs to be replaced? Number two, apply the replacement principle. When you find a lie, replace it with God's truth. And one of the best ways to activate the replacement principle is to have God's truth become part of your strongest thoughts, which the best way to do that is to memorize scripture. Psalm 119, 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so my encouragement, my appeal to you is find one verse this week, memorize it and meditate on it. If you'd like, you can use the verse that I just shared. And don't believe the lie that you can't memorize scripture because you know what? Some of you got the entire Starbucks menu memorized. Some of you got every player and, and their stats on your favorite football team memorized. And some of you got every word to the most popular songs on the radio right now memorized. The truth is y'all can memorize scripture. Number three, let the Holy Spirit help your hustle. Again, the replacement principle isn't about willpower. It's about God's power. But God has chosen to use our participation in the process. Transformation by the renewing of our mind doesn't happen by spiritual osmosis. We must be active. We must partner with God. We, we hustle to do our part while radically depending on God's help. And so what difficult, destructive belief do you need to replace with God's help because he's ready. The question is, will you let him? Before we close to pray, I want to spend a few minutes right now at the beginning of this year in communion. For our church online family, you should have received the communion elements in the mail this week. Go ahead and pull those out right now. And if you didn't receive those, maybe this is your first time joining us, fill out a connect card so that you can join us next time. And so let's go ahead and pull out the bread. And the Bible says, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Let's take the bread together. Now go ahead and prepare the cup. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this year. We believe it is a year that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. This year, God, we ask that our faith would increase. Would you change our thinking by the power of your Holy Spirit? Help us to be transformed into the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. Give us the power and the wisdom to cast out destructive lives in our lives and replace them with the truth of your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for Church Online. If this was your first time, please fill out a Connect card. We would love to say hi to you and we'll even send you a gift. Also, if you have any prayer requests, would like to know more about the River Church, or maybe you decided to follow Jesus today, we want to hear from you. And there's an easy way to do that on our website, riverchurchct.com, or you can text the keyword TRC Connect to 94000. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.